You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. All right, we finished up a game with Oklahoma, and we only lost 23-16. to this is an outcome that nobody saw coming here. Uh, Tyler, what did you think about the outcome of this game? I mean, it shocked the hell out of me. I mean, I think, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the Scott Frost losses and how bad they are. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to go down the moral victory thing, which I think it's hard to do at this point in the juncture, I mean, you've got to almost put this in that category. I mean, we hung on the road against the number three team in the country. Um, I think we earned respect. Derek, what did you think about this game? Well, I while I agree with everything Tyler said, I want to play a little bit devil's advocate here and say it's infuriating because it's the same song and dance. We killed ourselves. We outplayed Oklahoma. We should have won the game. But we did the same things. It stepped on our dicks and fell down. It gets old. Like I, it's it's a great game, and I'm glad to see that we could hang with them. But man, what it would have been if we could have beat these guys? Because it, it would have been a defi- it would have been a defining moment for Scott Frost in Nebraska. Well, Derek, everything you're saying I agree with, but here's the difference: Nebraska's in, under Scott Frost has had three major games in the national spotlight. In 2019, we hosted College Game Day against Ohio State and had one of Scott Frost's worst losses to date. Last year, we went on the road to Ohio State in the Big Ten noon game of the week with Joe Klatt there. And while it wasn't running off the field, it definitely wasn't a competitive game. The third time, hey, we went in there nationally televised, primed slot, Fox, and we hung with them. So yes, there's a lot of this recipe that is the same song and dance. But there's also the aspect of who we were playing against because... We haven't always rose to that occasion under Frost. We have, we have the last couple of these got blown out in these national type, type games. It became no, an embarrassment. And you're absolutely right. And I will say that there were several moments in this game where I thought Oklahoma was going to run away with it. And, and so I was impressed that we stu- they stood tall and, and hung in there. But, you know, you're even hearing the players say it. Like, we're this close. We're tired of hearing how that we're this close. And... They they just want to get some wins and they got to quit doing it. They got they they have to do it. Like it's it's on them to do it. I was happy with you, the you performance be- on Saturday. I I was one of the people that thought Nebraska was going to get embarrassed, fifty one to twenty one. I think that was my uh, prediction for this game. And the defense stepped up. Uh, they didn't allow Oklahoma to score a lot of points. Uh, the offense they had their moments. Uh, I mean, in, at the end, yeah, there there were some frustrating things that happened, but overall, for us to be in the game and to be put in a position where we could go and tie the number three team in the country while being on the road to tie that game to send into overtime, man, that was that was incredible. I mean, I was on my feet for the entire second half. Uh, it was it was just one of those games where it's like. I don't know how the hell we're staying in this game, but we are. We're in this game. And One question for you: how, how did you stay in your kayak if you were on your feet? So I went. So I listened to the game. 
from the kayak for the first half, and then I made it back to the lake house at halftime. <laughs> we had to have a long lunch <laughs> so I could watch the rest <laughs> of that game. But yeah, it was it was that was intense. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not trying to hammer Nebraska. It's great that we did play, and it's great that we showed up. It's just, at some point, you keep thinking they're going to turn that corner, that proverbial corner, you know. And every week it looks like, oh, man, they could be, they're so close to doing it. But every week it's just like, God dang it, maybe next week. So, so Derek, let me ask you this. I mean, this was the number three team, and they played them within a touchdown on the road. Is this kind of a corner being turned? I mean, we didn't get embarrassed. I hope so, but then I look back and Tulane held him within five points too. Tyler, what do you think? I mean, this I, I don't. This I don't think stand, there's right? a corner. I, I don't. I mean, it, again, I think there is something to build upon um, for sure. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Michigan State preview in a minute, but I, I will not. Year four, it is not turning the corner a close loss. It just isn't. Um, it's another one possession loss. Add that to the tally of Scott Frost's worst record on, in one possession games. Like it's just it's another th- thing there. Well, it, but it, it it does feel different. It does feel different than a lot of the other ones because of all lights on. We we competed and we did a lot of really good things that I don't think any of us thought we could do. I, I guess the whole thing is I'm just, I'm just getting tired of the moral victories. Like, we've had so many moral victories in Scott Frost era. Even in the Mike Riley era, we had so many moral victories. Like, oh, we were so close. Oh, we were so close. And then it was like, God, I I, I, mean, I, I am. Don't get me wrong. I am very happy we played the way we played. We did play a good game. But, but we, it, had some, we had some bad moments, too. Wasn't it nice to hear something out of the national – uh, narrative uh, like Joel Klatt talking about Nebraska's on track. Uh, we're headed, you know, we're headed in the right direction, and you know he was saying positive things about Nebraska. And this is something that Nebraska fans don't really hear from the national media too often. You know, it's usually the narrative is like why Scott Frost is on the hot seat. They just can't win. You know, they suck. But this was like glowing praise from Joel Klatt, and I think a lot of people. Uh, respect him, and if they didn't before as Nebraska fans, they damn sure do now because they're like, oh yeah, Joel Klatt, he's got our back. Well, I think I think Joel Klatt usually speaks highly of Nebraska. I mean, he, he, out of all the national media, he's a little more likely to speak highly of Nebraska. But at the end of the day, yes, you're right. It is nice to hear something nice. And I'm going to tell you this, too. Like, it was nice to get on Twitter and not seeing the sky falling for Nebraska but by God, it is for Ohio State and Oklahoma. Those two schools, man, they're ready to fire some coaches. <laughs> they're ready to – I'll tell you what. Oklahoma fans are ready to get rid of Spencer Rattler. They don't, they don't yeah. even like him anymore. They think he makes piss-poor decisions. They don't think he's a great – they think he's the worst quarterback that Lincoln Riley's ever had. It's just amazing to me to sit here and watch some of these – other fans and it doesn't I guess it doesn't amaze me because I've seen Nebraska fans do it for so long all fan bases do it it. I I get it it's just nice to see somebody else do it besides Nebraska for once yeah all right so let's talk about the good the bad and the ugly of this game uh let's start off with the good Tyler well I mean 
we can you just record what I say at this segment because I feel like I might as well be on repeat at this point in the season. My good is Adrian Martinez. Uh, again, this guy is continuing continuing to have the year of all years for him, and he's evolved so much. You know, one thing last year, you know, he had this really high completion percentage, um, and ju- people like Justin were really skeptical because he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. Well. He went 19 for 25 for 289 yards on Saturday. Uh, He had six throws over 20 yards in the air, and he's completing three of those for a total of 114 yards. When uh, he had a clean pocket on 17 of his pass attempts, he went 15 for 17. I mean, this guy is playing the best football of his career. Um, we, We all like him as a person, but I mean... I mean, he he went in there, I guess to simply put, the guy who was preseason favorite to win the Heisman, Spencer Rattler, Adrian outplayed him. Adrian Martinez was the better quarterback on Saturday, definitively, in that game. Derek? All right, well, I'll just add to that. I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the yearly stats here, but Nebraska's leading the Big Ten. I understand that they've played a game more than most of the teams, but Nebraska's leading the Big Ten with 14 plays of 30 yards or more. more. And... And they're also leading in 20-yard plays. Uh, last year, Nebraska only had 12 30-yard plays in the whole season. And we have 14 through four games. Like, that's a, that's great. That, you talk about turnaround. Like, that's awesome that we're finally starting to throw down field and look good doing it. And some of that's on Adrian Martinez, and some of it's on the on the receivers, and we'll get to them here in a little bit. Uh, another, another one is, man, I mean, again, talk about turnaround, but uh, – Adrian Martinez uh, leading the Big Ten and eighth nationally at 10.3 yards per attempt compared to 7.8 in 2019, which was his best year at throwing the ball downfield. So he's averaging damn near three yards a pass or per per attempt more. Uh, It's it's just amazing. And, And he's also second in the Big Ten and 11th nationally at 326.8 yards per per game of total offense. So not only is he throwing a ball well, he's running it well. And not, not that that's a big surprise, but, man, I tell you what, 326 yards of offense by yourself is pretty amazing. He did get a lot of yards against Oklahoma in this game, r- running the ball. But he did what he had to do. He ran 17 times. We talked last week on how many times that we wanted to see Adrian Martinez run. And I think uh, I had the over-under last week at 15 and a half, I think. Uh, you guys both had it under. Well, he ran 17 times this time. Tyler, what did you think about the number of times he ran? Well, I think that five of those were sacks that count as rush attempts, and that doesn't <laughs> exactly help every anything we're talking about here. Um, you know, Oklahoma, I I think they should have ran him a little bit less. Um, obviously, a lot of those came off the of scrambles. A lot of those came off the designs. Oklahoma had a spy on him virtually the whole game. Um, you know, the, the pressure obviously was all over, and we'll get to the offensive line later. But, um, yeah, I... I I'm just I'm really worried about where this offense is going to go if Adrian gets hurt. And there will be a time and a place to run him 15 to 17 times a game. I just think we have a lot of games ahead of us. Uh I want to make I want to see him play 12 games this season and I just don't think him carrying the ball this season uh you know 
140 times is a recipe for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, his his running ability is what makes him great. You know, now that he's uh, polished up his uh, downfield throwing, I mean, that even makes him more elite. But his bread and butter is still with his legs. And Derek, what would our offense look like if Adrian's running ability just wasn't there? Well, it's hard to tell because I'm guessing if he wasn't playing, it would be Logan Smothers and no, I'm, I'm just saying. Are, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess you can take that route, but I'm just saying, if if Adrian Martinez, if he was going to be the starter, but he did not have the running ability, what would our offense look like? I mean, probably not very good. Like, here, here's the thing. Right now, Tyler, you talk about those spies that are are staying on Adrian Martinez. It's opening up the passing game because what, there's one less guy out in coverage because they're wanting to make sure he doesn't run. So, so, I mean, it brings so much to this team right now with him having that running ability. Well, he's and earned those spies, it, too. Oh, absolutely he has. And right now, uh, we just don't seem to have a running back to be able to do it. And I, I, I just don't know. Ramir Johnson looked good in this game. Like, I, I was impressed with what he did. But we've played four games and had three different starters. God damn, you're cutting into our the bad, Derek. I, I know, but... I, it's it's it, again. You're the one asking me about about Adrian Martinez's running ability. Well, his running ability has to be there because our running backs aren't. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's flip it over to what is your good of the game? Man, I gotta go with the wide receivers and tight ends. I I was very impressed. They Omar Manning was had his by far best game of the season so far. Uh. And, and, and these receivers helped Martinez a ton because not all of his passes were great. That, there was a fourth and three that we got that uh, that he threw it behind Austin Allen. Austin Allen caught it, tripped, fell down on his own. But it gave us a first down. But it was a great catch by Austin Allen. Uh, we had seven, seven different players have a reception. Only one of them was a running back. The rest were all wide receivers and tight ends. And that's something that we haven't had a lot in the past under Frost, or really even under Riley. Like, we, we've just struggled with wide receivers. And, man, Betts was uh, three for, had three receptions for 61 yards, averaging 20.3 yards per, per uh, reception. And that reception he had down the sideline, man, that, that, and that was a great throw by Adrian Martinez. I believe he got almost 60 yards. Or no, what, did he, what did he get out of that, like 40 yards or 35 yards? And then, I, and then I think they had a personal foul on top of it, so we ended up getting yeah. like 50 yards out of that play or something. Anyway, great play by Betts. He ran right past that corner. Was, had a good step and a half yards, on him. I believe. And, uh, again, Omar Manning had a great day. Samori Torrey still be – he only had three receptions, but he's just reliable. Like, you can, you can dump it off to him. You can throw it to him anywhere. But – the thing is, like the tight ends, Travis Volkolek had a great catch. Austin Allen had six catches. Uh, and do you think Thomas Fedoni is not sitting on a side or sitting at home, I guess, probably for this game and watching this game going, oh, man, I can't wait to tear it up in this offense. <laughs> like, this is what we've been talking about for the last three years. When are the tight ends going to get more involved? Well, they are. And it's been nice to see. They're running crisp routes. They just—I'm very impressed with what with what the wide receivers and tight ends have done, especially in this game. 
Tyler, what are your thoughts on the wide receivers, tight ends? Yeah, I don't know if I have a lot to add. You know, Derek talked about some of the guys who caught passes um, in the number, but I just want to talk about some of the targets. You know, a criticism of this offense and maybe even Adrian Martinez is like focusing on one guy. Um, you know, Xavier Betts, uh, Ramir Johnson, uh, Samori Torrey, and Austin Allen all had over three targets this game. Uh, with Austin Allen having seven targets. Uh, so you, you look at this and you see that they are spreading the ball around quite a bit. I also thought one of the interesting things is not necessarily about performance, is about some of the formations. We, we, we speculated for about two years now, would we start to see two tight end sets? We saw that Saturday. Um, I think that's a trend that will... It looked good every time we did it. Uh, it was very effective, very and, effective. And, and I think Frost will lean on that as the season goes on. So Derek has said everything about passing, but I'm going to go a little bit more on the blocking too. I think the wide receivers are blocking really well. Um, I, I look at them and then on plays that a tight end led when they did this two tight end set that they had a lead tight end as like a H back or fullback, Nebraska running backs average six yards a carry in that type of formation. So when we're putting this like little H back fullback, the two tight end set in there, we're running the ball a lot more effectively um also on that tight end uh front um another interesting wrinkle not necessarily on the receivers is i don't know butcher's last name but teddy par come on perhaska perhaska he came in and took four snaps at tight end i believe he was wearing number 46 if you wondered who the hell 46 was on saturday uh that was true freshman left tackle came in to take some upset tight end too to give us another blocker on the perimeter to help us out with situation. So um, some interesting wrinkles there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the storyline is that it isn't just some moratorium. And I think a lot of people were worried about after that Buffalo game that, it, okay, are we getting a Wandale 2.0? Is he going to be our receiving weapon? Well, I think you could say definitively after Oklahoma, no, we've got lots of weapons that could play and they're all getting healthy. That's well, yeah, I mean, we don't even have Omar Manning back, or uh, I'm sorry, Oliver Martin back yet. But one more thing about uh, Omar Manning, man, that first catch, catch that he had, that thir- a 31 yarder, man, I thought he was going to take that to house because nobody could seem to take him down. They finally got a hold of his legs and took him down, but he was just knocking people down. <laughs> I was like, geez. Is, he finally he finally looked about what we thought he would. I think is it. I mean, he made that really great touchdown. Um, and and again on Omar Manning, I mean, he had that really good press conference moment. But doesn't it seem like Omar, like he is going to have a play at least one this season where he does that, where he just he catches the ball over the middle and he's going to break some a tackle or two and take it to the house. Like it just seems like he is going to be trending that way um, at some point this season to do that play. I agree. Well, I, I can tell you right now, I don't want to be a 180-pound cornerback trying to hit that dude. Like that, <laughs> Blow that, the that, whistle! That Blow the whistle! <laughs> pretty much. Like, I think that would hurt to hit that guy because he's a big son of a gun. All right, I want to talk about my good of the game, and that's got to be the defense here. Uh, like I alluded to earlier, there wasn't a lot of people thinking that Nebraska could hold Oklahoma to 21 points. I know I didn't. You guys didn't. Uh, but the fact that they played their guts out and held them just 21 points to put this team in a position to where the offense, all they had to do is just be serviceable and 
we would have a chance to win the game. We didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, that was great, but I kind of look at the defense and I look at the uh, the second half, even though that they played great and uh, kept him out of the end zone. The second half, I don't know what happened. They only, Oklahoma only had four possessions in the second half. The third quarter, they gave up a 10-play drive and a 12-play drive that both resulted in touchdowns. Fourth quarter, they did get a three and out. What the, but the most disappointing was, out of that whole game, was uh, their, with their uh, Oklahoma's last possession, Oklahoma had it like on the four yard line and we could not get them off the field. We just couldn't get them off the field and they ran it up our gut. Uh, three first downs and got to midfield to force a punt. Uh, actually, actually, it was it was on the eight yard line because they caught the, they they took delay up a game. That. Yeah. No, it was they, well they picked up the well, yeah they ended up getting to delay a game but they picked up that uh, kickoff. Yeah. And rolled out of bounds with it at the eight-yard line. Yeah, and they had the delay a game to put it on the four-yard line. So they started yeah. the possession really from the four. But, you know, the defense kept them out of the end zone for the most part, but they just couldn't get them off the field in the second half. Okay, we're, let's talk, we're talking about the good right now, Justin. Jeez. I know, but, I mean, that's... We'll get to the bad on defense. I mean, let's just get to this. I mean, okay, I get... Was it a perfect defensive effort? No. But what this defense did was for the first time in 68 games, we held an Oklahoma team to under 27 points. Like, I get it's easy to sit here and Monday quarterback this thing. Like, this defense, they showed that they are a real defense. I think that if you had any doubts about it, I, I, I you know, I think those should be put to bed at this point. This is a real defense. Now, how great it is, I, I don't know. Um, yet to be determined, but the the fact that we are in the position that we are in, I, I saw some crazy stat, and I can't remember the exact context, but something like Nebraska is the best defense statistically, and I can't remember, I think I shared it with you in eleven years, um, the first time we've had like we've given up th- three touchdowns or less in three straight games um, in eleven years. I mean, it's it's definitely this defense has turned a corner um, and it's playing really really well, and and Saturday. No exception about it. Um, yeah, Derek. Well, well, and here, here's the deal. Like, the, okay, first off, I, I know we've all hated this term for the last five or six, for at least last four, five years. But this is what a bend don't break defense is supposed to look like. Like, you're going to give up some yards, you're going to give up some stuff, but you've got to stop them when it matters most. And and they've done a pretty good job of that. Uh, they do give up more yards than you'd like to see them give up. But they're not going to let him into the end zone. They held him to a long field goal that he that their perfect kicker missed that Justin was just gloating over all last week. Uh, look, look, I mean, you talk about our our, our scoring defense, man. We're ranked number twenty six right now in the country at fifteen point eight yards or fifteen eight point eight points a game. But here's the deal: like, how, let's see, nine. 11 points of those are on either special teams or the offense because the offense had a, a scoop six in the first game. And, and the defense is credited with that because they're still giving, giving up those points. So it's, so I, so I figured it out. And if you figure out what we've actually get, what the defense has actually given up, 
it'd actually only be 13 points, which I'm not sure where that ranks, but it's pretty damn good. And so, again, yeah, we're giving up some yards, but they're, they're, they're doing really good of not giving up big plays and stopping them when they need to. All right, so uh, we got to talk about the bad. Let's talk about the bad now. Derek or Tyler, what's your bad? I figured you'd keep going right there since we were talking about defense, but uh, my bad is offensive line. Again, oh, I was, did you have more good to say about it? No, 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 no. I, I, I thought I, you know, I thought the natural thing would talk about the bad with your defensive bad segment, but I guess you already kind of got some of that out of you. Um, well, I mean, yeah, we can we can carry that on. No, uh, Derek, that's... what do you have to add about the bad defense? I know. You... All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, so, like, it's the impact plays. Like, we just aren't coming up with impact plays. Man, we had a chance to have three interceptions in that game. And didn't come up with one of them. Uh, Jojo Doman dropped one. Luke Reimer, the, the one from Luke Reimer, I mean, it hit both of his hands, but the, play, the offensive player knocked it out. It was pretty good defensive play by that wide, wide receiver, really. And then uh, I think it was Braxton Clark had one that was deep. That Man, if he catches that, it stops a touchdown. Actually, Luke Reimer's would have stopped the first touchdown. So if you come up with those two touchdowns, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're holding them to – one touchdown instead of three. Uh, man, it's it's just irritating. You had zero sacks. There was one, I think, uh, Quentin Newsom or Braxton Clark came blitzing in and just whiffed. Like, I mean, I mean, Spencer Rattler didn't juke him, didn't move out of the way. He just missed. Like, it's like, how do you miss that? Like, that's every cornerback's dream to come in full speed and nail that quarterback. And you just missed him. Uh, I, I know uh, Garrett Nelson had a chance to almost get a sack. Spencer Rattler was good enough to get rid of it quick enough. And that was the one that Luke Reimer probably should have intercepted. Uh, and I know, Justin, you kind of already spoke of this, but getting getting off uh, getting off the field on third downs, I, I think I've seen somewhere like where like five of their six third down conversions were from third and six or longer. Wow. Like you got you got to come up with a stop. You can't give up those big plays on third down. And they they ended up going six for eleven on third downs, and a lot of that was in the second half. And I, I'm not sure what happened, but that last drive that they had it it, made, it meant so much because we could have got the ball back with two three minutes left if you yeah. could have got, got them off the field rather than trying to score fifty six seconds or fifty seven seconds. And that was the most frustrating part about it because we. I mean, we we felt that we were in the game, and they were starting on the four yard line essentially when they kicked off. You know, th- their first and whatever, uh, and all they did was just run the ball. We knew they were running the ball because they were just trying to drain the clock. Well, and, and that is what what was frustrating because we did a pretty good job of stopping the run most of the, most of the day. They had a few good runs throughout the day, but we did a really good job of stopping the run. Except when it sudden, mattered, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, when you know they're going to run, you can't stop it. Yeah. It's like, really? That was Although, frustrating. And another thing that could have happened that would have been awesome was uh, on that last drive, Ben Stilley just blew up that running back on that shovel pass. Man, if he could have knocked that ball loose, just got him just a second earlier, knocked that ball loose, stops the clock, that helps you. Uh, I mean, it was a great hit. I mean, he nailed that guy. It was it was really good, but uh, but again, yeah, I mean, it's just you got to get off the field in that moment. Yeah, 
All right, Tyler, I know you want to come in here and defend the def- defense. No, Go. there's no defense there. I, I mean, I, I would say that you guys are 100% right on uh, this defense needs to start making more impactful plays. I said that in leading in Oklahoma. If Nebraska wanted the win, we needed a defensive or special team score. Um, not only did we not get that, we didn't even have a shot to because at the end of the day, we could not get an interception. We could not get a turnover. Um, I mean... You, you know, you talk about that Oklahoma last drive. I mean, you'd look at their rushing stats for the day. They went almost 60 yards on that last drive and all primarily running the ball. So you take that 60 yards out of their day of 194 yards rushing. We hold them to 193. I mean, it's just it, it's not the, the end of the day that this defense is good. It's really good. I think it's a in a lot of ways, what we were hoping for, what it has not proven out to be is opportunistic. And with some of the limitations that we have on offense, we need this defense to make a play. We need a short field. We need some easy points. And when it mattered on Saturday, like I think that Braxton Clark was a really good example. Like, I mean, he ran with him. He made a hell of a play. I mean, some of these other dropped interceptions were like, yeah, I mean, it, they sh- could have been picked, should have been picked, but that Braxton Clark one was like a great play. He jumped, out-jumped an Oklahoma wide receiver, like these all-American wide receivers. He's out-jumping and making a play, and it goes through his hands, and they end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Um, th- that That is a disappointing thing about this defense on Saturday. They had opportunities to completely flip the game, this loss is nothing on this defense, but they, they had right. four or five moments in this game where they could have flipped it, and that last series in particular, I mean, they hold them the three and out. We may have won that game. Yeah. Uh, which, is why, which is why I do think there is some blame on this defense for losing this game. Like you, you, can't, you can't not hold them a little bit accountable for that. I mean, you had some opportunities to make some game-changing it also, plays. It also would have been a it. tall order for that offense to do anything there. I, I just think that there is almost no scenario where I thought Nebraska and Oklahoma had three touchdowns. So, like, like to me, that was like a mythology world. Like, yeah, like, what if you win a million dollars? Like, what if Oklahoma, we hope Nebraska holds Oklahoma to three touchdowns? Like, that, that was the same planet. What if Derek Murray's a supermodel? All of this shit is like this okay. hypothetical world. <laughs> That, that that's all fine and dandy, but it happened. Only you could have held them to even less points. No, I get it. I mean, they, they all, could, all you had to do was hold on to the ball. I mean, it was it's yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, right, but, real real quick, real quick. Uh, what were your thoughts on Spencer Rattler? Were you impressed by him? Not particularly. No. I, I, oh, I, I, right now, if after watching that game, if you ask me who I would take, I'm definitely taking Adrian Martinez. Every day over him. Yeah. Tyler, what were your thoughts on Spencer Rattler? Yeah, I mean, I think he he was fine. Um, I, I think the problem with Oklahoma is look who he's replacing. Jalen Hurts, starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray, starting quarterback in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, I mean... It's a tall order. I don't, I mean, Oklahoma has had such a great run at quarterbacks, and he's not those guys. I mean, no. that, that is apparent. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, just, it's just funny because I've heard so many people talk about him being the number one overall draft pick after this year, and and he's obviously not that. Or a Heisman. I mean, he was – oh, yeah. I think he had the best odds for Heisman, yeah. and he's clearly not that guy. I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's move on with the, the bad. Uh, uh, shoot, Tyler, what is your bad? Yeah, I'm not going to go heavy on this. I, I don't want to beat this up at the offensive line. Um, I, I think this, again, I said this earlier with Adrian Martinez. I think my bad last week was the offensive line. Um, this unit just needs to get better. Um, the, you know, the credit to the coaches, they did try to mix it up a little bit. They benched Ethan Piper. They put in Trent Hickson, and I think Hickson actually played pretty well. Um, this offensive line's far away, guys. Um you know, I I will defend them to a point where I think that they are being absolutely crushed this week, and a lot of it's rightfully so. I mean, we've joked that it seems like they really don't like Adrian Martinez because how often they let him get hit. Um, five sacks. Five sacks and five sacks. Ten, ten tackles for loss. I mean, I think but, that— but, 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 but let me ask you this. Justin, you, you were sending out— uh, stats last week about how great this pass rush was from Oklahoma. So is it really that surprising that they got a lot of pressure on us? I, I, like, that's where I was going to go. I don't know like, if we'll, I'll see it. We'll like, see a defensive front like the, that. Like, I don't know if yeah, we'll see I a mean, defensive is, front like this the rest of the season. I mean, this is, this is, as one, this is one of the best. Pa- yeah. This is one of the best pass rushes where we've, I mean, in the country. And so it's not shocking that they got a lot of pressure on us. I mean, it I mean, seemed like very, most of it very, came late in the young. game when it mattered. Yeah, I think I think some of that's on Adrian too, and I think he had he he could have gotten rid of the ball. Uh, he he tried to make a play. He tried he tried to be the superstar, which I appreciate, and that's fine. But there are some times where taking a sack compared to getting rid of the ball is just not a good idea. Well, no, I mean, that's fair. But I think he did throw the ball away, even though one time he made a really almost boneheaded decision by barely throwing it out of bounds and almost allowing an interception. Um, yeah, I mean, Adrian, but Adrian's bailed out this offensive line. I mean, for any time you want to say Adrian's held the ball too long, there's three more examples I can give a time where there should have been a sack, but Adrian Martinez's legs bailed out the offensive Absolutely. line. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's flawless there, but... And, and again, I've already praised Adrian, but kudos to him. Like he has not got happy feet. Like this this motherfucker, he trusts that offensive line. Like if you put me back there, <laughs> I'm telling you what, I would not sit in that pocket the way he sits there. And again, I mean, you you laugh, Justin, but like, I mean, he really hasn't shown an abandonness to start tucking it up and running early or bailing out of the pocket super early, like. Again, he has held the ball a couple times too long. It's hard to tell with the routes, but this offensive line needs to get better. Um, it's just hard to ma- measure any progress in Oklahoma. All right, for my bad, I'm gonna. I got to go with the running back rotation. I don't know what the hell's going on here. We've seen three different starters so far at running back this year with Irvin Step and now Johnson in this game, and they still scattered carries the staff still scatters carries amongst multiple running backs i don't know how you get a rhythm in a game with 
as much as they're dispersing it. And further, what do the practices look like? I mean, how many people are getting carries with the first team? And then at the end of the week, what are they doing? Are they drawing straws to see who starts? Because you can't tell me that anybody throughout the week can get in any rhythm when they're rotating that many guys in practice with the ones. It's 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 perplexing. And we were told by the staff, and we talk about this all the time, that they had a guy that they thought could carry it 20 to 26 times. That was the quote, 20 to 26 times. And they don't. They're The most carries that we saw somebody carry was Marquis Step against FCS opponent Fordham with 18 carries. I don't know what's going on here. And it, it just seems like that's going to be – that just adds to – how bad this running back room really is. is it, I don't know who, whose fault is it. Is it Lubick's fault? Is it Scott Frost? Or is it Ryan Held? Why the hell can't they find one guy and settle on him and trust him? Well, let me, I have a lot to jump in there first. So first of all, you hit practices. So Scott Frost came out and said, we're, we're going to play guys uh, based off of practice. We're going to let them compete. And, and I think that's a really good coach speak. Um, I think that's something nice to be said. I think everyone wants competition. What I don't understand is with running back, what competition is going on? Because you know they're not live tackling. You know they're not doing full scrimmages during practice. Like, what are you seeing out of these running backs that's making you make such drastic changes? Like, I am fine with the concept of being like, yeah, you know, I think Ramir had a good week. Let's find a chance to get him on the field. He didn't play at all against Buffalo. Let's find a chance to get him on the field. But that's not so what they're start doing. Him. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. They're not making these little changes. Like, let's get him a couple carries. If Scott Frost or Ryan Held or Lubick came out after this game and said, we started Ramir Johnson because we thought speed was really important. We thought against Oklahoma, we need to play our fastest lineup at running back to be able to get carries. I would have respected that because I would at least felt like, okay, I get where they're going. I may not agree with it, but I at least understand there's a concept why this guy's all of a sudden playing. And to Derek's point earlier, Ramir did look good. I don't mind the rotation in games, but the inconsistency of even like who you think are the best running backs, that's the piece that just irks me. Like, cause I just, I still don't think they even know who their top two or three running backs are. And no Marquis step in this game. No Marquis step. And that's step. a dude that just started. I, I don't get it. He's the only 100-yard rusher at running back. Doesn't take a snap. Yep. Derek, what were your thoughts on the running back rotation? Well, I, I get all the frustration. I will say, unfortunately, there is one less guy in the running back rotation. Uh, Gabe Irvin I, had a non-contact injury. and it, I, I, You've seen his knee kind of bend funny. It sucks. I guess if there's anything good to come out of it, he's only played four games, so he can redshirt. Yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I got, maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise because now you got one less guy competing. So maybe now you have to start settling in a little bit more. I, I don't know. Uh, Rupert Johnson, I thought looked really real really good in that game, but I thought Gabe Irvin had some runs that looked pretty good too. I'd have loved to have seen what Marquis Step could have done in that game, but but yeah, I'm with you, Justin. Like, find a guy, get get him 20 carries, I at least 15 to 18 carries. Like, get get me somebody who's getting more carries than eight, nine, ten. Four through four games, nobody has separated themselves, right? Nobody has, right? No, it's time no. just to find 
pick which guy that you think has the prettiest eyes or whatever the hell it is and march him out there and just roll with that dude. I, again, I don't mind a rotation. I, I Again, I'm going to say this. If, if you had a guy, that's great. If you don't, I don't mind a rotation. But have some rhyme or reason for why guys are taking snaps and then the next week they're not. And, and, and this, well, they look better in practice. Th- that that earns you maybe a couple carries. That maybe earns you a series. That maybe earns you yeah. a couple series. Like, it doesn't take you to a starting spot. And again, if they would have said, Ramir Johnson, he is our fastest back. We know our offensive line isn't going to be able to hold them and create holes. That split second's going to make a difference. Speed mat- matters more than power. All these things. And again, I, I don't expect the coaches to divulge their thought process entirely, but... I just I I have the fear that it is literally like you know Ramirez they're panicking a, they have no idea what to do because the and, r- running back game is so poor yeah but but to Derek's point well, hopefully and, hopefully and, and part, from part of that part of that's on the offensive line too yes because well I don't think they're all that bad on the pass pro like they could get better by a long shot but I don't think they're that terrible on pass pro their run blocking is just not great. Well, I will. I will credit them. There, there was that first drive. I want to say it was the first drive of that third quarter, where we we went heavy with Ramir. It may have even been the drive that Gabe Irvin hurt himself. Um, but like that, we were getting five yards of carry. We we were running a lot of two tight end sets. We were going a little bit heavier, and we were just running it right at Oklahoma. Uh, we we got to figure something out there. We got to figure out what we're doing there. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for the ugly segment. Uh, Tyler, what is your ugly of the game? Um, my ugly, and I gave you guys shit because I said I got this right at my fingertips. And my ugly is penalties. Um, uh, I couldn't remember which my which one was mine. Um, yeah. I mean, again, for for <laughs> another another week, we made a lot of costly penalties. Um, you know, I I will. You started the game with four offensive linemen having a penalty on that very first offensive series. You know, we talked about offensive line struggles. It continues to be an issue. What I will say about some of the penalties, and I'm not going to debate letter of the law. I hate the Cam Jurgens penalties. Derek, I, I swear I swear to you, I, I'm so sick and tired of these referees interjecting themselves into plays that don't need to be called. Like, these are not malicious. These are not altering the outcome of any play. Like, like the that second one, there were, he was in contact with him. He was 15 yards away. They had no bearing on a play. It wasn't a cheap shot. Like, like it wasn't like, oh, they look like they broke up. And then all of a sudden he tackles him. Like, give me a break. I'll, I'll say this. I, I, I will agree with you, especially on the second one. I, I mean, it was a little late. I mean, it was. I'm not arguing letter uh, of law. I'm not saying it should have been or should. I'm saying I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Swallow your whistle on that one. Whatever. I agree. It, it, even the announcers agreed that that shit was a little bit of a lame penalty. The first one, ah, you, you threw him down and you jumped on top of him. Probably didn't need to do that. So, so I kind of get the first one, but where I'm going to go with the penalties is. Here's the thing, and I said this at the beginning of the season, was either you have to fix penalties or your offense has to be able to overcome them. And the one thing I will say about it is your offense was finding ways to overcome them. 
So while, while I'm not advocating that we should be able to get penalties and just whatever, but if, you're, if your offense is overcoming them, it's, it's not as big of a deal to me. To me. Uh, second off, I will also state that while, yes, that first drive was atrocious and we had four, for, uh, four penalties on our offensive line, they settled down quite a bit after that. Like, this is the first time being in a, a truly uh, hostile environment. Most of these kids ha- haven't seen that because we didn't have any crowds last year. Uh, you got the crowd was loud and it was, it was tough to hear not trying to make excuses for him, but they did settle down after that. And then being a first road game for him, I didn't think it was first real road game. I mean, Illinois, there was like nobody there. So I don't think that was such a big deal, but, uh, I, I, I was happy to see him settle down, but the penalties do need to, uh, get back down to, I don't know, average rather than nine. I'm gonna, and, our, and, our, and, our, and our average is only six penalties a game. So I'm going to jump in here with my ugly here, and it's got to be the kicking game. Not so much the punting, because our punting got better only because Daniel Cerny did not kick or did not punt in this game. Pristip came in and he had two punts for 100 yards. So that probably could have been filed under a good of this game. But where our kicking got ugly er, was the fact that uh, Connor Culp is still missing him. Still missing him. Our the reigning Big Ten kicker of the year, one for one for three in his kick. So he's one for five now. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on. I can understand you miss a fifty-yard field goal. I can live with that. But you know what? You go on to miss a thirty-five-yard field goal. You do that. He gets benched, and what happens? They have to bring in some guy. Some walk-on that nobody knows who the hell he is. And he misses a PAT that's returned for two points. All because your rating Big Ten kicker of the year can't kick a goddamn field goal. I don't know what the hell we're doing. I mean, this guy, is it time for this guy to be replaced? The answer is yes. Tyler, what do you think? Well, let's just start here. He's made more than one field goal this year. He made one on Saturday. He has made three field goals on the season. So let's just call no, down on, okay. on your one, one made. For, one for secondly, his last five. Secondly, one for his last um, six. you know, it's, it's interesting. He started the game. He drains a 50-yarder. I, I believe it was his career long. Uh, then he kicks another 50-yarder. And just barely misses it. And you're like, okay, I can live with that. It was another 50. He hit the upright, had plenty of leg. And then he completely shanks that, that 30-some yard field goal. So, thir- what? Yeah, what? you give him more credit than I did. Third, I said I said 30, but he, he completely shanks it. So, coaches pull him. They said the body language isn't good. Brought in a new kicker. And little low kick. Bad blocking. Blocked the extra point. Return two. I, I think we're in a situation of it, it's dire now. Pull him, play him. I don't know the answer. Um, his confidence has got to be shaken right now. Uh, but again, I mean, it, it really looked like I was like looking forward to the post game message to you after you drained that fifty yard or Justin. I was like, look at your boy now. Career long field goal. But you're glad you didn't send that text. Hell yes, I am. But 
Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we are about to get to a really tough point in our season. We have to make these kicks. We have to figure out something. Don't even send him to uh, Michigan State. Well, D- Derek and I were talking. Well, I mean, we were sitting there saying, like, at what point in time do you just start going for two? Yeah. The time's now. But b- before you move on, I just want to talk about that punter just a little bit. I, not necessarily the punter, but just the fact that we only punted twice in the game. Yeah. If I had told you before this game started that we only punt twice, what would your thoughts have been? Because I don't think any of us saw us only punting twice. No. Not not with a 51-21 to 21 score like I th- thought we would have. I would have, I would have guessed we would have scored more than 16 points if you said we only punted twice. Yeah, no, no kidding. That's fair. Should have been should've. seventeen. If we could have made some field goals. Just make field goals, but, but, and we'll have God. more than sixteen but points. The, but there is a take out there, and I think it's a lazy take that. Well, if you just add up all the missed field goals, Nebraska wins this game. And, and I think there's a lot of things that change in this game if we make these extra points of field goals. I think Oklahoma's offense looks a little bit different down the stretch. Yeah, and they may are you go counting for Oklahoma's missed field goal too? Exactly. I think I think it's a lazy take. But but the other thing is. You know, that, that interception that Adrian Martinez had, well, we probably, if we had been making field goals, we probably send out a field goal kicker at that point in the game. Because I we, don't know. It was getting kind of late in the game. But, but, but if we had made Field it, goals weren't going to help you much at that point. I get it. If, if you, you roll this back and you could say we made field goals throughout the game and you had confidence, then it's probably a one-score game, a little bit tighter instead of a two-score game. You maybe bring out another kicker. I just... The the Frost, I do not envy his job right now. Like him with these kickers, like I don't know what you do because I I'm gonna guess, and I know people think Connor Culp is probably shanking him during practice. I don't buy that. I I do not believe he's sitting there in practice just shanking him all day because I think if they saw that they wouldn't play him. I think he is. I don't think good they're in- paying attention to special teams. You can't look at this team on Saturday and think that they're paying attention to special teams in any facet of the game. You can't tell me that. I I, I don't agree with that. I, I the think special that, teams I, is I think, a dumpster I, fire. This is the worst special teams. This is worse than 2019 as a whole. As a whole, this is worse. I mean, God damn, what would you give to get Jonathan Rutledge back on this team? Bring back I, I tell you what, born. I'd give Mario Verdusco and Ryan Held for that. Greg Austin, too? Greg... Probably. I mean, geez, it, it's it's we're, we're getting to the point that we need to reset a lot of coaches here because there's a lot of ugly things. There's no there's no. And I feel bad for uh, Dawson because he's kind of the fall guy uh, since Scott Frost refused to hire a special teams coordinator. He got dumped this dumped on his lap. And so I think he's just the fall guy here. I mean, th- this this is. It's beyond embarrassing at this point. I mean, it's it's so embarrassing, it's comical. It's comical. Every time you see one of these special teams faux pas, I'm not even mad. I just laugh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I expected. All right, guys, this was not just a Oklahoma recap. This is also our Michigan State preview episode. So we do have to talk about Michigan State here. So what are your thoughts on this Michigan State? And let me ask, it, let me ask you this, Tyler. Is this a battle of one of the top two quarterbacks in the Big Ten? I, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, you got to count Maryland's guy in there. Um, I'm I'm so bad with names. Um, but Toglavoya. 
Talia Tugavailoa. There you go. See, Derek's a little bit better, but not great. But yeah, I mean, no, I mean, he's probably number one, right? I think you got to look at him as number one in the Big Ten. He he is, I think, the leader in the pack right now. If you, you know, if you want to argue two and three, I think Sean Clifford's having a really good year. I think he's in that mix. But yeah, I mean, two of the top three or four quarterbacks in the Big Ten, I think you're looking at playing on Saturday. Derek, is this... Michigan State team are they worthy of a top twenty five team? Man, that's hard. That's hard to say. Uh, I, I don't know what Michigan State is right now. They, they look really, really good, but it's starting to look like they play in a pretty shitty schedule. Like Northwestern's one and two, lost to Duke, barely beat uh, Indiana State. Like it, Northwestern's not a good team this year. Youngstown State, they did what they should have done against them. Whatever. Miami, man, I, I don't know what take out of Miami. Like, I, I, it's it's hard to just call them a shit team because they played what looks like a good Michigan State team and, and Alabama, but they also struggled against Appalachian State. So I, I just I don't know what to take out of it. Uh, man, their their offense is one hundred and uh, Miami's offense is ranked one hundred and sixteenth in the country at eighteen points a game. And again, I get you played two really good defenses, but you couldn't score on Appalachian State. Their defense is averaging 35 points a game, and they're ranked 113th in the country. So that, that the, the win against Miami looks less and less impressive. Uh, but you're 3-0, so yeah, you probably deserve to be a top 25 team. Tyler, what surprises you of this Michigan State team as you look at them uh, as a whole? What surprises you? Um, I, I would start with their quarterback play. I mean, I think that they're. I, I did not expect them to have good quarterback play. I I would just say their offense. Let's, let's just start there. Michigan State. I mean, I know um, D'Antonio is not there anymore, but you still have kind of the old school Michigan State mentality. This is the most explosive a Michigan State offense has looked um, under any time. I mean, so on Saturday when Nebraska plays against them, to me. You know, if you would have told me five years ago or three years ago when Scott Frost came in here and Michigan State and Nebraska would play and it's going to be strength versus strength and it's going to be Michigan State's offense versus Nebraska's defense, I would have called you a liar um, and slapped you in the face. Like, I mean, it's just, it to me, like their offense is very explosive. Their running game is really, has it, been has been good, even though I do think there are some cracks in that, which I could talk a little bit more about, but um but no, I mean, I think that they have looked their offense. I just got to start there. Well, I think what's interesting about this Michigan State team is, uh, at least for me, I mean, I didn't give them any credit headed into the year. I thought that they were going to be a bottom dweller of the East, and they're they're clearly not. Uh, Patrick Thorne, their quarterback, I guess because I didn't know a lot about him, I just didn't think that he was going to be good. But he has like surpassed all expectations. I mean, he's thrown for nine TDs. Uh, so far this year, four, t- four touchdowns in each of the last two games. Uh, no interceptions. Uh, and you know what? As great as he's playing, he's not even the most electric player because that Kenneth Walker the third, that running back, who is just torching everybody, uh, 493 yards through three games already and five TDs. And I watched the Michigan State-Miami game today. I watched that, and he has this ability to make defenders look freaking stupid. 
I mean, the things that he does, the way that he can move and juke, I mean, and, and his escapability, it is very, it's very remarkable. I mean, he is a, if, if we weren't playing him this weekend, I'd be rooting like hell for this dude to okay. uh, go. Go ahead. So, 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 so you talk about, um, so, so you talk a little bit about Walker and, and this guy's had a really, really good year. But let's not forget his stats. While, while impressive, he's done well. He had 264 yards against Northwestern. Like, that's where he got, that's where he tore up. He played well on Saturday, no doubt about it. But look at Michigan State's rushing by game. 326 yards against Northwestern. Uh, 272 against Youngtown State. And 193 what, what did, what did he have against? What did he have against Youngstown State? Well... I don't know how much he played, so be fair to him. Exactly, exactly. He, he, I mean, he had he had fifty seven yards. Yeah, because he didn't play. All these yards are against two FBS. Well, Patrick teams. Thorne threw the ball twenty one times. It's not like that. He was their offense wasn't out on the field. I, I get. I didn't watch that game, nor am I going to watch that game. Um, obviously, he's throwing. I mean, their starting quarterback was out there for quite a while. So I mean, I, I don't. I don't. All right. Know. All right. All right, here, here's the thing. Justin, you talked about Kenneth Walker's stats, but you left one of the most amazing stats out. The dude's averaging 8.65 yards per carry. Yeah. Tyler, you could try and sit here and talk about who he's played, but the dude is bowling people over. He is. I mean, come on. You can't, you can't tell me that's not impressive. No, it, it, I mean, through, it is. Through three games, eight, almost nine yards a carry, that's impressive. Uh He's gonna be a he's gonna be gonna be a beast to stop. Yeah. I will say this is probably the best defense that he will have faced, but he is gonna be a beast to stop. And Peyton Thorne, I, as far as I'm concerned, is probably the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. And you could talk about Tagovailoa, and Adrian Martinez is probably number two to three. I mean, you could put Tagovailoa in Martinez. I would say tied for two, but this Peyton Thornton man, his completion percentage isn't quite as good as what. Uh, Tag of tug of is, is, but he's got seven or twenty six yards, nine touchdowns to no interceptions. Like, dude's tearing it up, yeah. and he's doing it with probably less receivers than what Tag of has, because Maryland has re- has recruited some really good receivers, and I don't know that Michigan State has great wide receivers going with it. But he's yeah, making I, them look good. He is. Yeah, he's on got, the money you're, with you're his damn throws. Right he is. And Derek, I, I, again, he's, he's impressive. I, he, I, I I love this kid right now. He's playing if he, well. If, if 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 there was a quarterback, I would love to have a over Adrian. It'd be him. And, and Derek, he he has played well. And and again, Saturday against Maryland, he, he threw for two hundred sixty one yards. He was eighteen for thirty one. Um, a decent completion percentage. He played okay week one. Again, I I. To me, nitpicking Michigan State's offense is what I'm doing. I think they're a good offense. I I just go to the fact that I think Nebraska. Are you defense, trying to belittle this offense that averages over 500 yards a game? Well, no. Well, no. I mean, they're they're a good offense. Do I think they're better than Oklahoma? I do not. So I've seen what Nebraska does. I don't think they're better than Oklahoma. I I don't. I do not believe that this offense is better than Oklahoma. I, 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 I have to tell you, I think they're apples and oranges. I, I, they're they're not the same offense. Oklahoma is a spread. Oklahoma is a spread offense, a more of a finesse offense. They're going to try and run around you. Michigan State's a power offense. They're a typical Big Ten offense that's going to run it right at you. Yeah. 
and they're going to get you with some play action passes. They 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 are, but what Michigan State's offense does. What, what Michigan State, and again, I, the Northwestern games were just an interesting game because you really usually think disciplined defense. Michigan State took advantage of Miami not being a disciplined defense and not being a good tackling team. And Nebraska, albeit could change, has proven themselves to be a pretty good tackling team. Um, Derek, you said this is the probably the best defense uh, Michigan State will face. I will say this is easily the best defense that Michigan State has faced this year uh thus far um they still have to play at Penn State and they have Michigan they have some they have some other really tough defenses ahead but um but I think this is easily the toughest defense I think this is going to be a game I do hell if Michigan State goes out there puts up 35 on Nebraska then I will change my tune but I, I think this will be a really good test to see what Michigan State's defense could do. Can we flip to the other side of the ball? Go for it. Take it. Here's the thing about Michigan State. They can't stop the pass. Hunter Johnson, Hunter Johnson, Saturday, this last Saturday, against my, uh, against um, the, the mighty Duke Blue Devils, went 6 for 12 and 3 interceptions. Against Michigan State, he threw for 283 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think their pass defense is really that good. They are pretty good at stopping the run. I No doubt about it. I think Nebraska's not going to find their rushing game on Saturday. Nebraska could have a field day throwing the ball. If Adrian Martinez continues to play at the level that he's played the last few weeks, which I love Adrian. He's like a son to me. He ever, he ever needs a place to sleep. He's got a couch here at the Schaefer household. Creepy he cousin no, Tyler over here. He he no he you're starting, had, to sa- you're starting to sound like Jim Harbaugh. Stop. He he, <laughs> he he has been known to throw up a turd every now and again. And I hope he doesn't do it Saturday because if he doesn't, he could set his career record in passing yards against this defense. This is this is one of the worst secondaries he's gonna play all season. That is a bold statement because that defense, I don't Hunter know if you're Johnson, giving Johnson, 283 yards. Duke, okay, 6 for 12, 3 interceptions. I, I mean. All right. Do, do you think Duke's a good defense? No, didn't, I don't. D- didn't Duke lose to Charlotte and allow Charlotte to have their first Division One victory? But I think you're going out of your way to belittle this defense, and I mean, I'm really curious on what your score prediction is here because well, I, I obviously don't you don't think anything of this uh, Michigan State team. And I think well, that's no, comical. I think this is a good team. I think they're going to have. I think we're going to have a hard time stopping the run. I think that this Michigan State team has done a very good job of preventing teams to run. Miami couldn't get the running game going at all. Um, Northwestern couldn't. I mean, they 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 are go- they're we're not going to find our running game on Saturday. Um, Adrian will have more success running the ball than he did against Oklahoma. I, I do believe that. I don't think they have the speed that Oklahoma does on defense. I don't think Adrian's going to run for 100 yards or anything like that, but I think he'll have more success. But we're not going to run for 250 yards. We're not going to do anything crazy like that. All right, Derek. Thoughts? Well, geez, I think Tyler said it, most of it. Oh, you agree with uh, everything he said? I mean, I, a lot of it, yeah. I, 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 their defense 
I mean, with, with our wide receivers and our quarterback, I, their defense does not scare me as much as a D'Antonio defense did. Like they're they're not going to shut us down the way a D'Antonio defense did. Uh, the running game is going to be really really tough to stop. That Kenneth Walker, I mean, Tyler can try to minimize him all he wants, but he he is I, I think the He's real, the real deal. deal. I mean, he, he is Mo Ibrahim. But better, like I, I, I do. I think he's better than what Mo Ibrahim was going to be. The guy is just tearing it up, and I, and I don't see Nebraska completely shutting him down. Uh, Peyton Thorne, again, he looks phenomenal. I, I think if we can get some pressure on him, maybe you can uh, cause a mistake or two. Uh, but, but, the, but the concern is, can, can Nebraska take advantage of those mistakes? We haven't done well with that this year. Yeah, that is one thing I noticed in the Michigan State-Miami game. Early on that Miami, they had some pretty good success getting to the quarterback. And uh, that's what Nebraska's going to need to do. I mean, I don't think Nebraska's had a sack in the last two games, right? I mean, they're, yes, not, they're right. not getting to the quarterback very well. Uh I'm not saying that their Michigan State's offensive line is shit because they're obviously not. Uh, I'm curious to see if we can get to the quarterback because Miami did find some success there early on. Uh, that, and I think we can. I think we will. Yeah, we're, 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 but it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a matter of can we stop the run game? Well, I, what we, Miami did, we have to find a way to shut the run. They game did down. some creative blitzes there. Uh, they did some creative blitzes there to get to the quarterback. So hopefully Shenander hopefully watches the film and you know does something along that line. Uh, I, I think he's I think he's dialed up some really good blitzes this year. Why could he get to the quarterback Sh- last two games? I mean, it's not a matter of not getting to him; it's a matter of sacking him. Finish. Okay, he hasn't had, forced a sack. Yeah, but Spencer Rattler is a different quarterback than Thorn. Like Thorn is a good quarterback. I'm not trying to say he's a bad quarterback. I think he's again top four, top three in the Big Ten. I think he's a good quarterback. Maybe not quite as high as you guys see him. He's a good quarterback. But Spencer Rattler is a lot more mobile than Thorn is. Like I, I don't see uh, Thorn escaping the blitzes the way that uh, Rattler did. And again, not that he is Kyler Murray, but uh, again, I, I think that Derek, uh, what. The thing about the Miami game is this is a really hard game because I thought Miami was going to win that game. And I thought Miami was going to be the better team. And so I all the praise in the world for Michigan State doing what they needed to do. But people that are just looking at that box score of that Miami game are missing the fact that it was a three-point game, I believe, with six minutes left in the game. Six or seven minutes left in the game. This, this was a football game. Michigan State scored late. All again, all credit away, not taken away. This is a real test for Nebraska. We entered the season thinking that this was kind of a trap game for Nebraska. Like we talked about that. We didn't think Michigan State was going to be that team that they might be dangerous enough to beat us, but if we overlook them, this is a real test for Nebraska. There is no doubt about it. But there is an element of Michigan State. I there might be a I'm sitting here thinking there's a little bit of fool's gold, a little bit of fool's gold because I'm not impressed by their their record. I right, don't. Tyler, I think Buffalo might be a better team than anyone that they've faced. So, do you think, Tyler? Do you think uh, Michigan State is worthy of a top twenty-five ranking? What they've done, I mean, on paper, then yeah. I mean, you beat a Northwestern team that came out of winning the West last year. That counts for something. You beat a Miami team on the road who was ranked 
that counts for something. So I, I'm i not a poll expert, So, but I think to Derek's point, he said this earlier, you're 3-0. and You have victories over two Power 5 teams that have had success in the last year. I think at this point in the season, they are. But I do think there might be a little bit of fool's gold there. So let me ask you this then, Tyler. Is this a game, because you don't think highly of Michigan State at all here. If Nebraska got the win on Saturday, would this be considered a signature win for Scott 100%. Frost? You beat a ranked team on the road. Even now, though that you don't think that they're really deserving of it? And it's well, fool's gold and all that? Yeah, I, I, well, I, here's what I think. As I think at the end of the season... Michigan State goes seven and five. Justin, you're going to be like, "How good was this Michigan State team?" That that's what I think is probably the alternative here of how it's going to play out. Um, I think that's pro. And again, but I think that at this point in the Scott Frost regime, beating a ranked team on the road, yeah, I mean, at what evidence as of September 21st, I think this would be a signature win for Scott Frost. Okay, Derek, do you agree? Uh, absolutely. I, like, look, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether you think they should be ranked or not. They are. And Scott Frost has not done well against ranked teams. So a win against a ranked team on a road, absolutely this is a signature win. All right. So, Derek, how do you see this game playing out on Saturday? It is a night game, and uh, it's Lansing. So uh, it's that crowd's going to be fired up. How do you see well, I wonder. Out? I wonder how much red's going to be in that crowd after Mel Tucker's comments, talking about how he doesn't want to see any Nebraska fans there because he's just daring all the Nebraska fans to show up, and they're pretty good about doing that anyway. Uh, how, how's this game going to play out, man? Hey, I don't know. I, I that's the best answer I can give you right now because I, I have no clue what to, what to take out of Michigan State. I have no clue what to take out of Nebraska. They both have records against their opponents' records are three and five and five and eight. Like you really haven't proven anything. If if you're going to go off the close loss to Oklahoma, then then I anticipate Nebraska being able to do something. But I, I don't know. This is just so uh, mind-boggling on what what to expect out of Michigan State. I they look like a good team. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a hard-hitting game on both sides. I, I don't think Michigan State's defense is so shitty that you're not going to see some hard hits. And I don't, I don't think they're just going to fall down on us. Uh, we're going to struggle to run the ball on them. They're, they have a really good running defense. I mean, just you spoke of that. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I, I, this is a toss-up game, and I, it could go either way. Nebraska's going to have to play as good as they did against Oklahoma and clean some things up or make some plays defensively that are going to be impact plays. Tyler, so same question to you. How do you see the game playing out? And also, what role will special teams play in this game? Well, well, how I see it playing out, you know, I I think Nebraska, Michigan State's offense is going to have some success. You know, I, I don't know... You know, you set the over under at 400 yards. That's been kind of that magical number. I think it's going to be right on that line um, for Michigan State. I think Nebraska is going to have success throwing the ball. Um, you know, do we hit 300? I don't know. I think this is going to be the best game of the season for the tight end. I think we saw just a sample. My bold prediction is I think a tight end leads the team in receiving this week. 
Um, really? And I think you'll see multiple touchdowns out of the tight end position. I think the tight ends have a very big week. Um, the middle of the field looked like it was a big thing. Space Coyote, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, did, did a really good breakdown and kind of talked about that, um, about how wide open uh, Miami saw the middle of the field. I think the Titans have a huge day, um, and they'll exploit this team. Special teams, Justin, to your point, Michigan State isn't known for special teams. Um, they're, they're, they're two for five on the season in field goals. They have not been great there. Um, there's a lot of the other stats that are. However, Nebraska's, to your point, special teams are a dumpster fire. Where this game gets concerning to me is if this game comes down to special teams. Because if it does, I have zero faith that we win this game. I don't know if I have much else to add to that, but if it comes down to special teams, we do not win this game. So so I guess in your mind, you're just thinking of special teams in terms of field goal kicker only, right? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think you. They're, they're, Michigan State is one of the worst teams in kickoff returns. Um, I believe we've seen um, Wait, some six kickoffs. Michigan State. They're forty sixth in kickoff returns. I had them second to last in Big Ten. I mean, we're a hundred fourth in the country. I don't. I don't know where they stack up in the Big Ten. But we're one hundred fourth in kickoff. I'm sorry, returns. in kickoffs, in kickoffs. I'm not kickoff returns. Kickoffs. They're second to last in the Big Ten. Oh, okay. So I mean, their special teams. Again, I don't think their special teams are going to be a definitive advantage like we saw against Illinois and against Oklahoma. They have the advantage there. Um, I mean, they they do. If this game comes down to special teams, we are going to lose. I I mean that I. I don't have much else to say. I have zero faith. But I do think our punting hopefully took a corner with us finding a new punter. Um, hopefully Oliver Martin is finally healthy and we get a little bit more out of the punt return game. Can, can, can I talk about that punt returner thing real quick? Yeah. So the the uh, depth chart came out today. Uh, one of the key things that I saw out of there outside of running back where all four running backs were listed or, 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 or. Uh, but when it came to punt returner, it had Pristip or Cherney. So I thought that was interesting. It's like, okay, well, Pristip, he's named first. So obviously he's going to be the guy, right? We find out that last week or on Saturday that he didn't find out till like 30 minutes before the game that he was going to be the kicker or the punter for the day, which is fine. Whatever. He, he kicked ass, right? But what I thought was interesting, they did the or, 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 or for running back, and they did it for punter. But on place kicker, who did they have only? Your golden boy, Tyler, Connor Cole. <laughs> they had your golden boy. My golden no boy. No ors right there. Uh, and that scares me because I don't know in a game as tight as this might be, for somebody that may have the yips, do you want to trot that guy out there for any meaningful field goal? I don't. I damn sure don't. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. Tyler, you're probably a little bit more Connor Culpish. Well, no, I, th- I think that you change your play calling. I mean, I, th- I think you're at the point in the season, whether it's Connor Culp or someone else, like, do you, you know, it's fourth and three. It's a 44-yard field goal. I don't know if you bring a field goal kicker out there. What if it's 35 yards? 
Well, I mean, I, I get. I, I still think don't that these, these, Connor Cole these, out there. these are these are tougher decisions. I think that you you are in the position that until you get confidence in a kicker, whether it be Connor Cole or anyone else, until you get a little bit of confidence, like if you're Frost, I think the aggressive measure is going to have to pick up a little bit. Yeah, and so that's why I think this is really. I don't think Nebraska is going to win the special teams. Uh, I, I I said that I, I I mean are you are you trying to attack? I mean I said no, if I'm this just, game comes down to special teams we lose yeah. like I, I I don't think that's a debate I I just don't think Michigan State uh, teams we're going to face in the Big Ten that have a definitive special teams advantage Michigan State is not one of them when we get to Iowa we might be in real that that's going to be a swing game if we don't have special teams figure I just think Michigan State again two for five on field goals not great on kickoffs. They're not especially dynamic in punt returns. Like I, I just don't. I'm not quite there to say that like Michigan State special teams is going to be this huge advantage. They're not Illinois. They're not. They don't have the best punter in the Big Ten. Like this, this is not the mismatch of special teams that you'll see later in the year if we don't get it figured out. Derek, where do you stand on special teams in this game? Oh man, I, I, I again, I, I agree with Tyler. Like. Yeah, if it comes down to special teams, we're probably in trouble. Uh, again, I, I I don't know. I hate special teams. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I hate special teams. Hey, so does Scott Frost. That's why he doesn't have a special teams coordinator. I, I think it's funny you think that fixes everything. We had a special teams coordinator for three years, and all we did was bitch about him and couldn't understand why we were wasting a spot on a special teams coordinator. Well, there's a diff- you have to have the right special teams coordinator, right? That's easier said right than done. No, no, we didn't. We didn't care who the special teams coordinator. We thought it was stupid that we had a special teams coordinator. When Bruce Reed was here, we were all pissed that we were wasting coaching spot on a special teams coordinator. Because all he did was come in here and watch players kick on, kick the damn ball, and he was only at practice for a half. Well, back hour. then, there were only nine assistants. Now there's ten. So that, now there's no excuse why you should not have a special teams coordinator. And we do. We we have I, one. I mean, we, we have, have a fall one. Guy. Okay, let's get the score predictions. All right, no, all right. Score predictions, Tyler. You start off first. Yeah, I, I you know, Nebraska's offense isn't going to be dynamic. We're not going to put up huge points. Their run defense is too good for that. We will have some success passing the ball if Adrian plays the way I think he's been playing and how he continue. Um, guys, we held Oklahoma to three touchdowns. We shut down a Buffalo offense that has proven to be pretty dynamic. I, I, I think we can do that to Michigan State to some capacity. I got Nebraska winning this game, twenty-eight to seventeen. All right, Derek. I have it a little closer than that. I I do think Nebraska comes out and wins this game, uh, and and believe it or not, I do think we make at least one field goal in this game. And I have Nebraska winning twenty four to twenty one. You like how I did not have a field goal in my prediction? Like I'm like, yeah, probably not going to happen. Um, hey, I agree with Derek. Also, I think Nebraska scores a field goal in this one. Also. However, our offensive line is going to prove once again that it is a detriment to the offense and to the team from scoring points. Our special teams is still a disaster. And in a game as close as this one, it's going to prevent us from from beating Michigan State. Our offensive line is so bad, 
This is going to be the reason why Nebraska does not make a bowl game this year. They are that bad. Once we get into Big Ten play, I sent you something today with uh, all the Big Ten uh, defenses. I tell you what, once we get into Big Ten play, we're really going to feel the pain. And this is going to be the first of the pain. We felt it against Illinois. It's going to be here also. Michigan State wins 27-24. to Ooh. Yeah. Boo. All right. Games of the week. Hey, don't come back to Nebraska. Just stay in Texas. (laughs) I'm coming. I want to hold your hand during this game. All right. Let's get to. I won't be there. Let's get to the games of the week. Last week, I went 6 0 because my college football analysis is spot on. Derek, you went 5 1 last week. Oh, I'm 6 0 with 13 5 on the year. Derek, you're 5 1 last week, 12 6 on the year. Tyler, you win a paltry two and four and eight and ten on the year. Uh, Justin has got a brag. I think this is the first time he's ever led. I know. You guys are making it easy this year. Uh, you got one game on me. What are you talking about? All right. Okay. Let, let's let me get some. I, I would like to say I'm going to get some points back, but I, I think this All is right. going to be a pretty chalk week for us because these games right. suck. So here we go. Number twelve, Notre Dame at number eighteen, Wisconsin. Wisconsin six point favorites. Tyler. Well, you say at, but this game's going to be played at Soldier Field. Uh, um, yeah, my bad. And yes, so, right. um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the home, there's no real home field advantage for either team. You know, Wisconsin's coming off of a bye week. Notre Dame had a pretty tough test against Purdue last week. Um, you know, right now, Notre Dame's signature victories against Miami. Right now, uh, I'm sorry, Florida State, um, probably the worst team in Power 5 right now. Uh, Florida State's awful, so... I, I don't know how good Notre Dame is. I think Wisconsin is a better team. I know that, you know, they hung with Penn State really tightly at home. I know people want to beat them up. I think Penn, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin comes out and wins this game. Um, close game, tough battle, but I think Wisconsin wins. Derek? I think that Notre Dame is not as good as their ranking, probably. However, I think Jack Cohn is going to want to play his former team pretty hard. Yeah. I don't believe in Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz is uh, had zero touchdowns and two interceptions in two games. I they I don't think they can win with Graham Mertz in this game. I, I think Notre Dame wins. I think it's a close game. I think it's a low scoring game. I don't think no. I don't think Notre Dame will be able to score much on Wisconsin's defense. However, I don't think Wisconsin will be able to score on Notre Dame almost at all. Yeah, I think this is going to be an ugly game. Uh, I don't like either team in this uh, as much as I would like to take Notre Dame. They're just not that good. They, they, they've been struggling. Uh, Wisconsin, they're not the Wisconsin that we seem to know. But being Wisconsin is at home. I mean, I, I have to go Wisconsin in this one. It's not at home, though. Well, um, shit, you're right. Well, you screwed up my notes. <laughs> well, hopefully that. Is his notes for the Michigan State game, too. They're all screwed up. Yeah. Michigan State is that Michigan State, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number seven, Texas A&M, minus five and a half at number 16, Arkansas. Tyler. You know, I, I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Arkansas in this game. Um, you know, Texas A&M's quarterback is out for this game. Um, their offense looked very, very pedestrian against Colorado. 
Um, more concerning is that Texas A&M's um, of, of what uh, Minnesota's defense did to Colorado's offense. And the fact that, I mean, I know they didn't score a lot against A&M's defense, but I don't know what to really make of that uh, Aggie defense right now. Arkansas recently just t- took Texas to the woodshed. I think Arkansas pulls the up quote unquote upset here um, at home, and we might be looking at an, actually a good Arkansas team. I I don't I don't, I don't know, but it, I think Arkansas wins this game. Derek, which is all the point that Brett Bielma is not that great of a coach because you can win at Arkansas, and they do win. I can't. I can't imagine Texas A and M after that. After that Colorado game, suddenly being able to be this great team. Arkansas is averaging like almost forty points a game, and I think Texas A and M is averaging like eighteen or twenty points a game. They have a good defense, but they're not scoring points, and I don't think their defense is going to quite quite stop uh, Arkansas's offense. So I, I think Arkansas wins this game. Wow. I thought I was going to be the only outlier here. But I had Arkansas also. Oh, that Pittman as head coach. I mean, that dude. I, you're right, Derek. Bielema, he couldn't get it done at Arkansas. But this guy, he's finding ways. And you know what? They love him at Arkansas, too. There's a lot of love for Pittman there. Uh, so, yeah, that's all, three of us for Arkansas. That, that means A&M's going to win the game. Whenever all, three of, whenever all three of us pick an upset, it never yep. goes well. No kidding. All right, Illinois-Purdue. Purdue's 11-point favorites over uh, Derek's Bielema. Tyler. I mean, I mean I, you know, we, we don't do the best bet segment anymore, but if we were going to do the best bet segment, um, I, I this might be my pick. I got Purdue covering this. Even without David Bell? With even out David Bell, with even without their starting running back, I think Illinois, man, I – how they beat Nebraska, I will never know. That is easily... I'll send you the tape. Yeah. I mean, that that, that right there is easily, in Scott Frost's three worst losses um, at Nebraska, he had one of his three best losses this last weekend, and Illinois is in three worst because that was brutal. But, no, I, I think Purdue, even without David Bell, and, and I don't know if David Bell is for sure out. I haven't heard the protocol, even though he was really badly hurt, really scary moment. He got carted off the field. I, it sounds like he's actually okay. Um, he really? might have, he might be in concussion protocol. Yeah, he's on concussion. I, okay, but I, I mean, I don't know if he's playing Saturday, but I, I, I don't think there's anything more than a concussion right now with him. Um, you know, he was conscious leaving the field, so. Point is, uh, regardless if David Bell wins, I think Purdue covers. Derek? Here's the thing to me. Like, you want to talk about how Illinois beat Nebraska? Well, first off, Nebraska beat Nebraska in that game. Second off, I do think Illinois came in very pumped up for that game, and all the wind got taken out of their cells after UTSA. I don't think Illinois is a good team anymore. I think they've already half-assed given up on the season. I I think Purdue wins pretty big. There's, There's nothing in my mind that tells me otherwise is purdue a decent team right i mean i mean i'm i i think that purdue game the brass i I think they're a little scary i'll say i think they're better than i probably gave them credit for to start the season i agree uh all right 25 kansas state wait wait did you pick purdue yeah i have purdue yeah 
I ain't taking Illinois for anything. Uh, 25 Kansas <laughs> State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State six-point favorites. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Oklahoma's defense is o- – Oklahoma State defense is outside of maybe Iowa State and TCU, the best defense in the Big Ten. Um, or Big 12, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think they have a good enough defense to really slow down Kansas State's offense. Um, again, I know Oklahoma State's favored in this game, but I think they pulled the upset against a ranked opponent. KSU for you? No, All no, right. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. Oklahoma State beats a ranked opponent. Okay. I mean, Oklahoma State's six-point favorites. That's not, I guess that's what I thought. Yeah, I know. Upset. I, I Upset in the right. rankings. Derek? Uh, I mean, you talk about Oklahoma State's defense, but, man, I'll tell you what, Kansas State's defense ain't so shabby themselves. They held Stanford to seven points, who scored 41 points the next two games. Uh, Kansas State's <laughs> yeah, got a decent Stanford defense, And Stanford got uh, USC's coach fired, too. Yeah, I mean – Look, I, I think Kansas State has the best win uh, out of that out of, out of the two of them beating Stanford. I think uh, Oklahoma State has struggled offensively against everybody they've played this year. I and and with with what Kansas State's defense brings to the table, I, I don't see a good game for Oklahoma State here. I think Kansas State wins. Yeah, I'm with you. I have Kansas State all the way on this one. I, I didn't like Oklahoma State against Boise State. They squeaked that one out, but. Uh, you know that that win over uh, Stanford, where people kind of scoffed at, like, "Well, Stanford's not that good." Once Stanford beat USC, it's like, "Hmm, well, shit." Is, is, da- is David Shaw getting to the hot seat conversation? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, after I, I, the, the USC game, probably takes him off a little bit. Yeah, but, but he went out. I mean, not not that it's a big game. He went out and rolled Vanderbilt the next uh, week. Uh, I get it. I just well, like, let's talk Stanford, about Stanford Stan- right now, Derek, because number twenty-four UCLA UCLA minus four and a half at Stanford. It just seems like Stanford's dropped some. I, they were a powerhouse for a while, like a, a legit powerhouse, and it, they're just not there anymore. And it, it's all been under David Shaw. Uh, the, the win against USC was great, uh, and and they did score a lot against Vanderbilt. I and mean, look, they're they're probably the only team in the country right now that's played three power five teams in their first three weeks. Uh, I I don't know what to take of them, but at the end of the day, I, I think UCLA is going to come out a little pissed off after losing that game to Fresno State, and I just I I, I think Chip Kelly gets past David Shaw in this one. All right, Tyler, I, I'm with you, Derek. I like UCLA in this game. I mean. It's hard to really make to figure out what to make of UCLA because I think after they dominated LSU in the opening week, I think a lot of people were like, "Man, this UCLA team might be for real." Um, obviously, the Fresno State game set them back a little bit. I think this is going to be a really highly contested battle. I, I I'm kind of with you on the Stanford thing. I think they're just I don't know where David Shaw's hot seat is. I think he's still a pretty decent coach, but Stanford just doesn't seem to have the players. I remember a time when Stanford used to have a big offensive line. They used to be able to run the ball. You had Toby Gerhardt. I mean, you had this power team, uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, they just don't seem to have those type of guys anymore. Um, I think UCLA has better talent. I do think Chip Kelly's got something going there. Um, in spite of the loss, I think they do rebound against Saturday and eke out a victory on the road against Stanford. 
Right, I have Stanford. I'm taking Stanford at home. They've scored 40-plus points in the last two games. Eric, we can get a game back. Yeah, just just like last week. I went 6-0, baby, 6-0. So uh, chalk it up, Stanford. Yep. That's the first time you've ever gone 6-0. Stop. I'm going to ride this. I'm going to ride this. You ain't, you Let ain't me ever have doing this, it again. Derek. No. You know why? Because you picked Michigan State to win, so you're no longer my cousin. Yeah. You, 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 just for the listeners, Justin's going to come back to Nebraska this weekend, and uh, I think Derek and I are boycotting Justin's return to Nebraska since he's rooting for Michigan State. He's going to watch a game by himself in, in the garage. I'm like, bringing Yingling. They sell Yingling in Texas. I'm bringing Yingling. I don't care. Uh, Yingling's not worth me hanging out with a, a Iowa fan at this point. Well, I don't think what? there's a beer out there good enough for that. I don't want to share it with you guys anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I got Stanford in this game. Uh, there's a, like a lot of low-key good games on. Not great games, but... These games, there's good, there's enough to keep us interested throughout the day on Saturday. I know we'll be golfing, but uh, anyway, all right. Uh, let's hope Nebraska wins. Let's. I hope I'm wrong. That way, you guys can uh, give me a big old fu this weekend, and that's okay. Uh, but let's get out of no, here. You don't. No, you don't. You want to go six and zero again. Six and that was a great feeling. I tell you what, six and zero. Okay, let's get out of here. All right. Special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate, review, and share. On behalf of Derek and Tanner, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Now he throws.